0: Section sixty five of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World Story, Volume Twelve: The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section Sixty Five, The Prisoner of Macillah Mackinac, seventeen sixty three, by Alexander Henry a young english trader alexander henry escaped from the general massacre at fort machillimackinac the following is his own account of his adventures until he was rescued because of his previous adoption by one of the indians as a brother he finally made his way to montreal the editor i heard an indian war cry and a noise of general confusion going instantly to my window i saw a crowd of indians within the fort furiously cutting down and scalping every englishman they found i had in the room in which i was a fowling piece loaded with swan-shot this i immediately seized and held it for a few minutes waiting to hear the drum beat to arms in this dreadful interval i saw several of my countrymen fall and more than one struggling between the knees of an indian who holding him in this manner scalped him while yet living at length disappointed in the hope of seeing resistance made to the enemy and sensible of course that no effort of my own unassisted arm could avail against four hundred indians i thought only of seeking shelter amid the slaughter which was raging i observed many of the canadian inhabitants of the fort calmly looking on neither opposing the indians nor suffering injury and from this circumstance i conceived a hope of finding security in their houses between the yard door of my own house and that of m langlade my next neighbour there was only a low fence over which i easily climbed at my entrance i found the whole family at the windows gazing at the scene of blood before them i addressed myself immediately to m langlade begging that he would put me into some place of safety until the heat of the affair should be over an act of charity by which he might perhaps preserve me from the general massacre, but while I uttered my petition, M Langlade, who had looked for a moment at me, turned again to the window, shrugging his shoulders and intimating that he could do nothing for me que voudriez vous que Jean Fer footnote What do you want me to do about it? in the footnote This was a moment for despair, but the next a panny footnote Pawnee. End of footnote. woman a slave of m langlade's beckoned to me to follow her she brought me to a door which she opened desiring me to enter and telling me that it led to the garret where i must go and conceal myself i joyfully obeyed her directions and she having followed me up to the garret door locked it after me and with great presence of mind took away the key this shelter obtained if shelter i could hope to find it i was naturally anxious to know what might be passing without through an aperture which afforded me a view of the area of the fort i beheld in shapes the foulest and most terrible the ferocious triumphs of barbarian conquerors the dead were scalped and mangled the dying were writhing and shrieking under the unsatiated knife and tomahawk and from the bodies of some ripped open their butchers were drinking the blood scooped up in the hollow of joined hands and quaffed amid shouts of rage and victory i was shaken not only with horror but with fear the sufferings which i witnessed i seemed on the point of experiencing no long time elapsed before every one being destroyed who could be found there was a general cry of all is finished at the same instant i heard some of the indians enter the house in which i was the garret was separated from the room below only by a layer of single boards at once the flooring of the one and the ceiling of the other i could therefore hear everything that passed and the indians were no sooner in than they inquired whether or not any englishmen were in the house m langlade replied that he could not say he did not know of any answers in which he did not exceed the truth for the panny woman had not only hidden me by stealth but kept my secret and her own m langlade was therefore as i presume as far from a wish to destroy me as he was careless about saving me when he added to these answers that they might examine for themselves and would soon be satisfied as to the object of their question saying this he brought them to the garret door the state of my mind will be imagined arrived at the door some delay was occasioned by the absence of the key and a few moments were thus allowed me in which to look around for a hiding-place in one corner of the garret was a heap of those vessels of birch bark used in maple sugar making the door was unlocked and opening and the indians ascending the stairs before i had completely crept into a small opening which presented itself at one end of the heap an instant after four indians entered the room all armed with tomahawks and all besmeared with blood upon every part of their body the die appeared to be cast i could scarcely breathe but i thought that the throbbing of my heart occasioned a noise loud enough to betray me the indians walked in every direction about the garret and one of them approached me so closely that at a particular moment had he put out his hand he must have touched me still i remained undiscovered a circumstance to which the dark colour of my clothes and the want of light in a room which had no window and in the corner in which i was must have contributed in a word after taking several turns in the room during which they told m langlade how many they had killed and how many scalps they had taken they returned downstairs and i with sensations not to be expressed heard the door which was the barrier between me and my fate locked for the second time there was a feather bed on the floor and on this exhausted as i was by the agitation of my mind i threw myself down and fell asleep in this state i remained till the dusk of the evening when i was awakened by a second opening of the door the person that now entered was m langley's wife who was much surprised at finding me but advised me not to be uneasy observing that the indians had killed most of the english but that she hoped i might myself escape a shower of rain having begun to fall she had come to stop a hole in the roof on her going away i begged her to send me a little water to drink which she did as night was now advancing i continued to lie on the bed ruminating on my condition but unable to discover a resource from which i could hope for life a flight to detroit had no probable chance of success the distance from michilimackinac was four hundred miles i was without provisions and the whole length of the road lay through indian countries countries of an enemy in arms where the first man whom i should meet would kill me to stay where i was threatened nearly the same issue as before fatigue of mind and not tranquillity suspended my cares and procured me further sleep the respite which sleep afforded me during the night was put an end to by the return of morning i was again on the rack of apprehension at sunrise i heard the family stirring and presently after indian voices informing m langlade that they had not found my hapless self among the dead and that they supposed me to be somewhere concealed m langlade appeared from but followed to be by this time acquainted with the place of my retreat of which no doubt he had been informed by his wife the poor woman as soon as the indians mentioned me declared to her husband in the french tongue that he should no longer keep me in his house but deliver me up to my pursuers giving as a reason for this measure that should the indians discover his instrumentality in my concealment they might revenge it on her children and that it was better that i should die than they Langlade resisted at first the sentence of his wife's but soon suffered her to prevail informing the indians that he had been told i was in his house that i had come there without his knowledge and that he would put me into their hands this was no sooner expressed than he began to ascend the stairs the indians following upon his heels i now resigned myself to the fate with which i was menaced and regarding every attempt at concealment as vain i rose from the bed and presented myself full in view to the indians who were entering the room they were all in a state of intoxication and entirely naked except about the middle one of them named Wenaway, whom i had previously known and who was upward of six feet in height had his entire face and body covered with charcoal and grease only that a white spot of two inches in diameter encircled either eye this man walking up to me seized me with one hand by the collar of the coat while in the other he held a large carving-knife as if to plunge it into my breast his eyes meanwhile were fixed steadfastly on mine at length after some seconds of the most anxious suspense he dropped his arm saying i won't kill you to this he added that he had been frequently engaged in wars against the english and had brought away many scalps that on a certain occasion he had lost a brother whose name was Mu mousinegon and that i should be called after him a reprieve upon any terms placed me among the living and gave me back the sustaining voice of hope but went away ordered me downstairs and there informing me that i was to be taken to his cabin where and indeed everywhere else the indians were all mad with liquor death again was threatened and not as possible only but as certain i mentioned my fears on this subject to m begging him to represent the danger to my master m langlade in this instance did not withhold his compassion and when away immediately consented that i should remain where i was until he found another opportunity to take me away thus far secure i reascended my garret stairs in order to place myself the farthest possible out of the reach of insult from drunken indians but i had not remained there more than an hour when i was called to the room below in which was an indian who said that i must go with him out of the fort went away having sent him to fetch me this man as well as went away himself i had seen before in the preceding year i had allowed him to take goods on credit for which he was still in my debt and some short time previous to the surprise of the fort he had said upon my upbraiding him with want of honesty that he would pay me before long this speech now came fresh into my memory and led me to suspect that the fellow had formed a design against my life i communicated the suspicion to m Langlade, but he gave for answer that i was not now my own master must do as i was ordered the indian on his part directed that before i left the house i should undress myself declaring that my coat and shirt would become him better than they did me his pleasure in this respect being complied with no other alternative was left me than either to go out naked or to put on the clothes of the indian which he freely gave me in exchange his motive for thus stripping me of my own apparel was no other as i afterward learned than this that it might not be stained with blood when he should kill me i was now told to proceed and my driver followed me close until i had passed the gate of the fort when i turned toward the spot where i knew the indians to be encamped this however did not suit the purpose of my enemy who seized me by the arm and drew me violently in the opposite direction to the distance of fifty yards above the fort here finding that i was approaching the bushes and sand-hills i determined to proceed no farther but told the indian that i believed he meant to murder me and that if so he might as well strike where i was as at any greater distance he replied with coolness that my suspicions were just and that he meant to pay me in this manner for my goods at the same time he produced a knife and held me in a position to receive the intended blow both this and that which followed were necessarily the affair of a moment by some effort too sudden and too little dependent on thought to be explained or remembered i was enabled to arrest his arm and give him a sudden push by which i turned him from me and released myself from his grasp this was no sooner done than i ran toward the fort with all the swiftness in my power and the indian following me and i expecting every moment to feel his knife i succeeded in my flight and on entering the fort i saw went away standing in the midst of the area and to him i hastened for protection went away desired the indian to desist but the latter pursued me round him making several strokes at me with his knife and foaming at the mouth with rage at the repeated failure of his purpose at length when away, drew near to m langlade's house and the door being open i ran into it the indian followed me but on my entering the house he voluntarily abandoned the pursuit henry and several other prisoners were put into canoes and taken to one of the beaver islands in lake michigan here after considerable discussion between the chippewas and the ottawas they were given to the former the ottawas who now gave us into the hands of the chippewas had themselves declared that the latter designed no other than to kill us and make broth of us the chippewas as soon as we were restored to them marched us to a village of their own situate on the point which is below the fort and put us into a lodge already the prison of fourteen soldiers tied two and two with each a rope around his neck and made fast to a pole which might be called the supporter of the building i was left untied but i passed a night sleepless and full of wretchedness my bed was the bare ground and i was again reduced to an old shirt as my entire apparel i was besides in want of food having for two days eaten nothing i confess that in the canoe with the chippewas i was offered bread but bread with what accompaniment they had a loaf which they cut with the same knives that they had employed in the massacre knives still covered with blood the blood they moistened with spittle and rubbing it on the bread offered this for food to their prisoners telling them to eat the blood of their countrymen such was my situation on the morning of the seventh of june in the year one thousand seven hundred and sixty-three but a few hours produced an event which gave still a new colour to my lot toward noon when the great war-chief in company with Wenaway was seated at the opposite end of the lodge my friend and brother wawatam suddenly came in during the four days preceding i had often wondered what had become of him in passing by he gave me his hand but went immediately toward the great chief by the side of whom and went away he sat himself down the most uninterrupted silence prevailed each smoked his pipe and this done wama tam arose and left the lodge saying to me as he passed take courage an hour elapsed during which several chiefs entered and preparations appeared to be making for a council at length wama tam re-entered the lodge followed by his wife and both loaded with merchandise which they carried up to the chiefs and laid in a heap before them some moments of silence followed at the end of which tam pronounced a speech every word of which to me was of extraordinary interest friends and relations he began what is it that i shall say you know what i feel you all have friends and brothers and children whom as yourselves you love. and you what would you experience did you like me behold your dearest friend your brother in the condition of a slave a slave exposed every moment to insult and to menaces of death this case as you all know is mine see there pointing to myself my friend and brother among slaves himself a slave you all well know that long before the war began i adopted him as my brother from that moment he became one of my family so that no change of circumstances could break the cord which fastened us together he is my brother and because i am your relation he is therefore your relation too and how being your relation can he be your slave on the day on which the war began you were fearful lest on this very account i should reveal your secret you requested therefore that i would leave the fort and even cross the lake i did so but i did it with reluctance notwithstanding that you menehuwena who had the command in this enterprise gave me your promise that you would protect my friend delivering him from all danger and giving him safely to me the performance of this promise i come now to claim i come not with empty hands to ask it you Na, best know whether or not as it respects yourself you have kept your word but i bring these goods to buy off every claim which any man among you all may have on my brother as his prisoner wawatam having ceased the pipes were again filled and after they were finished a further period of silence followed at the end of this menewena arose and gave his reply my relation and brother said he what you have spoken is the truth we were acquainted with the friendship which subsisted between yourself and the englishman in whose behalf you have now addressed us we knew the danger of having our secret discovered and the consequences which must follow and you say truly that we requested you to leave the fort this we did out of regard for you and your family for if a discovery of our design had been made you would have been blamed whether guilty or not and you would thus have been involved in difficulties from which you could not have extricated yourself it is also true that i promised you to take care of your friend and this promise i performed by desiring my son at the moment of assault to seek him out and bring him to my lodge he went accordingly but could not find him the day after i sent him to langlades when he was informed that your friend was safe and had it not been that the indians were then drinking the rum which had been found in the fort he would have brought him home with him according to my orders i am very glad to find that your friend has escaped we accept your present and you may take him home with you wawatam thanked the assembled chiefs and taking me by the hand, led me to his lodge, which was at the distance of a few yards only from the prison lodge. My entrance appeared to give joy to the whole family. Food was immediately prepared for me, and I now ate the first hearty meal which I had made since my capture. I found myself one of the family, but that I had still my fears as to the other Indians, I felt as happy as the situation could allow. section sixty five